minus 40 seconds. T minus 30 seconds. T minus 20 seconds. Play It By Ear podcast. The podcast where the topics may vary because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiscus, Brady Lining, and Todd Griffin. Episode 107. 107. Of the Play By Ear podcast. I'm Eric Fiscus. I'm your co host, along with my co host, Brady Liming. My name is Brady Liming. I'm wearing a red t shirt, and my pronouns are him and he. Never say your pronouns again on this show. <laughs> no, that that's a little uh, reference. Uh, not a political I, I, podcast, I, I, but I, I, I got you. Yeah, probably a week late or two weeks late. Right, yeah, a couple weeks late. <laughs> a, a certain political figure uh, talked about her uh, blue jacket and her pronouns. So, I believe that was the reference being made right there. So, yeah, uh, it was just really awkward. It, it was just an <laughs> awkward video. The press looked befuddled. Uh, yeah. All right. Seven people in the room. Who's there? Show yourself. Line up, folks. Sign in. Eight, seven, eight, seven, eight, seven. Keeps going back and forth. Anyway. <laughs> Go They're trying to decide if they like us or not. Right. Visit our website. www.playbyyourpodcast.com. So we have uh, Tanya with us. Hello, Tanya. Tanya. <laughs> Mr. Barney. Welcome. He earns it. <laughs> there you go. Not, can't go wrong with the John Houseman uh, reference there. Maxwell with us. We get his podcast time because we earn it. Jerry and Maxwell. Miss Wilson. All right. Welcome on, welcome on once again. Episode 107 of the Play It By Your podcast. Uh, we told you about our website up there. We'll reference that periodically throughout the show. And uh, if you've not been here before, each of us talk on a topic we've never talked upon prior to tonight. So our uh, conversation is uh, organic, as we like to say. John David Gray, welcome. Father and son combo in the house, Maxwell and John David. There we go. All right. Uh, we are in the order on the screen in which we will go. So 
So I will go first. Brady will go second. And we will, again, talk 20-ish minutes on each topic. And uh, we will more on the ish than the uh, 20. And we will exhaust said topic. All right. So you've heard the reference, I was today days old or today years old when I learned. So we what might have you learned? Learned. We, we might find some people here with us in the audience that may be today years old when they learn some of the things that we'll talk about here. Uh, some of those things I learned when I was uh, reading through some of these references that uh, we'll go over here shortly. But uh, again, just just to put that into perspective, I was today days old or today years old or whatever. Uh, you didn't know something before, which generally is something that maybe should have been kind of common knowledge sort of stuff, but people didn't know. So that's what we're going to go over here today on my particular topic. So Brady, you can uh, certainly tell us if you were today years old when you learned some of these things that I'm going to tell you. I will be honest. If I knew this, I will give you the condescending. You didn't know that. <laughs> but more likely, I'm going to go, huh, really? I am today days old. All right. So these are actual tweets from people. So these are people saying I was today years old when. Um, some of these, you know, I'm, I'm an old social studies teacher. So I kind of knew the first one here. I was today years old when I found out California has a bigger population than Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah. Actually, I, I think it's probably twice as much, probably. Pretty much so. You know, uh, when you think of Canada, you've got this huge, expansive country, but they're all kind of crammed into about three or four different spots. So California, you know, you along the coast, you can't throw a dead cat without running into 20 people. So, um, yeah, very populated. Canada, not so much. I would like to know the maple tree to person ratio. Uh, probably many more maple trees, I'm sure. So Maxwell already, already has something here. My mom <laughs> learned that Norwals were real last week. I'm not sure I know what a Norwal is. Get out of town, really? No, I don't. What is it's it? an aquatic sea mammal that's a unicorn. It has a tuft coming from its forehead and its spiral. So if you could think of it look it's a porpoise with a with a horn and and your your reaction to me saying i didn't know that like are, come on everyone knows what a norn i bet you I were in a minority you, i defy you to ask 10 people on the street what a norwall is and 8 of the 10 won't know that's my guess i so don't give me this business of, oh, didn't know that. Well, uh, normally we are in simpatico, but this one I am definitely going to disagree. I would say the goodly majority, the goodly majority knows what a narwhal is. All right, audience. We have, eight, <laughs> we have eight people in here. We know what Maxwell knows. How many of you other people in the audience knew what a narwhal is? I'm going to channel my inner preacher. Do you have knowledge? Of an wall. <laughs> we'll see what they say. All right. Number two. See, that Tom didn't know. Right? Okay. Uh, John doesn't know. Brady, you're, 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 
Cat throwing, swinging a new population density. It is now a metric in play it by ear. If you get the um, play it by ear funk and Wagnalls um, uh, atlas, that cat throwing is a density predictor. There you go. All right. Uh, I am 22 years old. That's what this uh, tweeter says here. And I just realized that, quote, this little piggy went to the market, unquote, doesn't mean he went food shopping. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he don't. Someone went shopping for him later, though. I'm embarrassed, but I never really peeled that layer back. I just thought it was a family of piglets doing mundane chores. <laughs> Seriously? And the French one is saying, yes, 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 all the way home. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> th th that threw me. Yeah, I really never thought about it. I agree, Mr. Barney. That is rather disturbing on Brady's Thanks. part and on the tweeter's part. <laughs> I Okay, more of the audience knows that the piggy was going to be slaughtered than what a Norwal is. I will say that as well. <laughs> Okay, I got to go back to the Narwhal. I might be a little bit biased because um, up until this year, I was an elementary teacher, and book fair was a biannual occurrence. And there's there's this very popular, it, it's kind of a YouTube thing and a video game for these youths. And there's a popular illustrated children's book about Narwhals. Well, okay, there you go. <laughs> So I, I don't look that closely at the books at the book fair. So that's, I guess that's <laughs> why I didn't know that. All right. Tweeter says I was today years old when I learned that Fez in that 70s show really just stands for foreign exchange student. And that's not the character's actual name. Brady didn't know that either. <laughs> what makes you say that, sir? <laughs> the, the, the look of uh, the look of surprise on your face. I, I did not know that. Fez, F-E-S, foreign exchange student. Well, okay. Now, all of us out there in earbud land, do we know what his name actually was in the show? Uh, I don't know. Does anyone in the audience know? I, I don't. I mean, I'm sure he had a name referenced at some point. Maybe that's an internet movie database question. Yeah, that, that, might, that might be. I just know his name is Wilmer Valderrama. Yes. And I always thought that his last name sounds like something that you yell when you stub your toe or under a fire on fire. Valderrama. So um, that would be such a cool last name to have. <laughs> All right. Number six this is kind of like a picture here. So I'm going to try to share this. Mm. If I can. I, I'm going to comment on Miss Wilson's comment. She said she didn't realize where the piggy was going either. And she is our beloved English teacher from high school. And if she doesn't know, I will consider that a dig, deep dive, considering that she you know, taught us our British literature. So that got by us. Yes. All right. There's a picture here of a Chick-fil-A box with, it looks like, nugs in it. And there, there, there's a hole in the back of the box. 
Now, this hole, according to the pattern, we'll try to explain the picture here. This hole is for your straw of your drink to go up through so you can sit the box of nugs on top of your drink and only use one hand. Get out of the town. <laughs> now, I would I would want some official notification from Chick-fil-A that that is truly what that hole is for. How do I know that this fellow driving just didn't get a hole punch and try to make himself look suave? Well, no, I mean, there's a hole there. I know there's a hole there. But... <laughs> yeah, I, 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 now I don't think I, it seems like I recall there being a hole there, but it's not been remarked in my mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. I probably just thought it was a box defect at some point. So it's not registered. Like there's a hole in every box. So, um, Okay. This I'm gonna have to investigate the next time that I go to Chick Fil A and get some nugs. I'm going to check out the uh, straw orifice of the box. <laughs> uh, ask the next time you go if if that's what that hole is for. So Miss Wilson didn't realize where the piggy was going. She thought it was like Peppa Pig and family doing their thing. <laughs> As did I. I just thought it was a pig doing some shopping. All right, so I'm no Lord of the Rings fan. However, some of you may be. So the, the tweeter says, I was today years old when I found out that Gandalf carried his pipe in his staff. Hmm. I did not know that. I have seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy because it just was the thing to do, and I'm not disparaging them that they are amazing cinematic pieces man i just kind of found them slow and draggy so i'm not one of those lord of the ring you know i'm not always hanging in the shire so i've seen them once but i have not noticed that that did not jump out at me but it's pretty ingenious i mean he is a wizard he is uh howard has joined us welcome howard and miss wilson's question isn't that hold to vent the box See, that's why I would like some official Chick-fil-A info on this. Because it could have been just somebody MacGyvering up their, you know, nugget box. Could have been. But it could be a vent. Could have been. Because if they're nice, steamy nugs, if the steam is held in, it might make them soggy. So. True. All right. Uh, Mr. Barney has done a Google search. Oh, thank you. Says Chick fil A did not put the hole there. Many articles citing that very cool. So, so urban legend, but okay. I guess uh, they made some use of uh, said hole. Yes, um, some industrious Yankee ingenuity there, <laughs> right? Okay, next tweeter says, and I'll put the picture up. I was today years old when I learned this is where bread and chips go after bagging. That's brilliant. It is brilliant. So, did again, you know that? No, I didn't. So, for our audio listeners, you have a shopping cart and you have like little semicircle tabs under the like where the child would sit in the cart. That is where you hang your bags of bread and chips so they don't get crushed. I thought that's just where you put the bungees to keep your child bungeed in. 
I'm kidding. Guess you could, but, guess you could do that too. But yeah. All right. Now I'm thinking that could be official. That could be what that's for. I bet. I bet it could be. Right. Eric, before you go on, have you ever roined bread by getting it mashed in the cart? Yes. Like when you have something small that capsizes and it just crushes it like an elephant let, sat on it. Let, let's put it this way. I didn't ruin the bread. The bagger ruined the bread. <laughs> when, I, when I go through self-checkout, the bread doesn't get ruined. So there's that. That's true. All right. Next one. I was today years old when I found out the L in Staples is really a half-open staple. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, my gosh. This is better than paying for education. It is indeed. Practical knowledge. So look at me close. Tell your friends. I'm looking at the camera here. You learn a lot when you watch this show and listen to this show. Yes, you do. We're here to educate. <laughs> All right. Again, I'm not a big fan of uh, SpongeBob. However, put this picture up. I was today years old when I learned or realized the Krusty Krab was a crab trap. Oh my gosh. Does Joe Burrow know this? I don't know. He he is a fan. He is. Well, see now Joe Burrow should listen to this show. He would know these things. Man, I'm amazed that we we, we got to give it a play by yourism. Um, Sponge Robert square trousers. Um, that I, I did not realize that was a crab trap. No wonder he's crusty. <laughs> All right, next one. Now, this is more deep thought than I learned something. There is no physical evidence to say that today is Wednesday. We all just have to trust that someone kept count since the first one ever. <laughs> That's one of those shower thoughts. <laughs> it is. You'll have to check out our past episode on shower thoughts. It's a whole episode, a whole topic of this stuff. Yeah. I, I think that just fried my circuits a little bit because that's true. Yeah. I mean, no one knows. All right. Uh, Howard thought everyone knew that... Uh, it was a crab trap. As the narwhal swam by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Howard. I'm sure Howard knows what a narwhal is. All right. By the way, hello, Allison. Check it in from Alabama. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> I just found out that the division symbol is just a blank fraction with dots replacing the numerator and denominator. That's sorcery. Is it for real? Yeah. Alchemy. It's, <laughs> Alchemy. <laughs> um, I am going to have to... I have a resident math genius in my building across the hall for me. And I'm going to put a $20 bet down to see if that is true or not, or if she knows that. It makes sense. It does. If somebody's given it a lot of thought, 
and I like your thinking. Yes. Can I pause it for a second, though? Now I'm going to be going back and looking through at all of the math symbols and the symbols on the top row of my keyboard over top of the numbers and try to figure out what they actually mean if there's like hidden code in it. Could be. Man. That's why I wasn't very good at it. All right. So Howard knew that a Norwal, he says, is a whale with a horn. Treva, welcome. Long time no see. That is correct. Hello, Treva. All right. Here we go. Brady, you are a connoisseur of the juices. After all my years of drinking these, I figured out that you can reverse the top and close it again. So this is one of those juices that's in the the plastic bottle with the twist the, top. the lid that has the like the wing tips on it. Yeah, it's kind of a wing nut lid, you know. Yeah, yeah. So according to this person, Chandler, <laughs> uh, you can reverse the top and close it again. Man, I, I okay. Now this got me thinking. I'm trying to debate. I'm internally debating if some guy just got lucky and there happened to be a plastic nub broken off, you know, when it was separated from the from the pack, you know, yeah. and it just happened to work that way because the holes in those things are pretty pliable. I mean, honestly, I could stop it up with a pencil if I wanted to because you could you could burrow through it. But I wonder if it's intentionally like that. Could be. I don't know. <clears throat> Wow. All right. So Howard says he was married to a mathematical genius for 26 years and never heard the division symbol theory. There we go. Uh, Miss Wilson never realized SpongeBob has has had to have reconstructive cosmetic surgery to get those square parts first. <laughs> <laughs> His sponge buns. Yes. All right. Uh, okay, topics. Maxwell has a comment here. He used said, to, go, ahead. "Go ahead, Eric." Used to twist the lid. Then one of my teachers said they'd never seen that before. And Maxwell says it. It is gospel. Were you that teacher, Brady? I don't think I was, because then I w I wouldn't have forgot that. I would have started using it. I mean, I I don't drink that variety of juice container. A little bit too. I don't know. I just don't find them very pleasant tasting, but my kids like them. Yeah. All right. Here's one. I don't know about the veracity of this one. And I've got, I've, okay. You, you lift the juice box to your mouth. I've got one on that too here in a moment. Yeah. All right. Just found out. You tell someone to break a leg in an audition. It is because you are hoping they end up in the cast. Is that true? I'm going to say no because I, I, I was. <laughs> Sorry. It is ingenious. I want to hang out with this person. Um, Oh, gosh. I was told that it was something in the Shakespearean era that if you said good luck, you jinx them. So you wish something unpleasant on them. But somehow it stuck because they didn't say. I hope you, you know, 
there are audits coming or, you know, gets past a colon or anything. It's it's break a leg. (laughs) All right. This is a shower thought one. This is not really learning anything again. Whenever you eat a meal of a half of a chicken, you are secretly sharing a meal with a stranger. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think somebody had consumed some greenery when they came. (laughs) Their salad wasn't lettuce, if you know what I mean. It was a devil's lettuce. Um... I, I'm stunned. I don't even. I don't think I'm gonna think that. All right, here's another one. This is this is again. I I don't know about the veracity of this. I was today years old when I found out when someone says "hold your horses," they're telling me to be stable. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, I did. I I knew it was a reference to olden times to hold your horses, which means is to put the brakes on your equine companions, <laughs> so you stop. So when you tell somebody to hold your horses, you're asking them to stop. I thought it was just a literal thing that that probably was. See, we take it as a slang terminology, but it was literal back then. I could see right. some guy, you know, there by the hold your horses. It, it was a command. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like a stop sign. Right. Okay, so Howard uh, certainly has been a part of the theater for years. Never heard of the one, hope you're in the cast. But Howard, does that make, it makes sense. I like I, it. I could see it. It works. Allison says half chickens are very popular in Germany. All right, here's, here's another thought. <laughs> When you replace the W in where, what, and when with a T, you answer the questions. There, that, and then. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) You're speechless. I am for once. All my language arts teachers are English majors. Everybody out there has that ever. Miss Wilson. We've got we've got the English authority here in our listing audience. Have you ever heard that or thought of that? Again, it works. It does. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know if I can say <laughs> that one. You're debating something. I can I can see the wheels turning. I, I am. Uh, I'll move on. <laughs> All right. I don't think this one is true. But this person says, your belly button is just your old mouth. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not not literally, but that's where you consumed your your nutrition. <laughs> uh, yes, I do think that person was partaking of um, left-handed cigarettes when they thought of that. 
Uh. <laughs> now, I, okay, have you ever back to SpongeBob? Don't have you ever seen SpongeBob's parents on any of the episodes? Oh, I usually have a photographic memory of cartoon episodes. So if I'm not remembering, it's probably either I missed one because there's a lot of episodes where I just wasn't paying attention. <gasps> All right. So this person says, I was today years old when I found out that SpongeBob's parents are dried out sponges <laughs> and not baked chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Sponge Robert Square Cookie is not the name of the show. Um, I I no, can I be honest? I I had not seen this episode because I would have called you know shenanigans on it because sponges um from they're they're from the class periphera, and I think the sponges asexually reproduce. They bud, so they don't need parents. You know, or they might be ah, my Moorhead state, state zoology is failing me on this one. Trying to remember if they go asexual in the absence of, you know, a mate where they just do that. But I think they just do that. I think they're just because if you cut a sponge in half, it regenerates. True. So. Wow. Mind blown once again. All right. Uh comments here uh howard never thought of the where what when thing he's shocked uh, miss wilson also had not heard that but have taught where were by saying where is a place and here is a place okay. uh, maxwell says you never chewed with your belly button hopefully this, not. well <laughs> this is true uh, John, no, because they were never around. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> He's here all week, folks. Uh, Howard, I've never, I've heard of people talking about out of another orifice, but not eating with your belly button. <laughs> Indeed. Talking Mo in another ear hole. Ear hole. All right. <sighs> Moving on. We are the last generation whose baby photos weren't taken on phones. I mean, again, more of a shower thought than I, I'm just old enough that my birth and youthdom, a lot of my memories were ruined by real crappy Kodak cameras with blanched out photos. So I know that's supposed to be me because my same shirts in about every picture, but it's just kind of a blur, you know? Yeah. Well, and I assume when the tweeter says baby pictures, like when the baby is born, because mm. it used to be like cameras, but now it's cell phones. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right. I was today days old or today years old when I realized Orida stood for Oregon and Idaho. I did know this one. I, I, I did know this one. I have read it someplace. So this is the only one that really has a totally. 
taking caught you back. me in the Norwal. Norwal. Okay. More shower thought than anything. The UEUE in Q is silent. As in lining up in a Q. Yes. The UEUE is silent. Yes, because if it wasn't silent, it would be called or if your friends are Spanish. Um I yeah. Q is one of those words um that uh, Eric, I'm gonna go I don't think we used it even jokingly because we probably wasn't familiar with it. Um, I got jumped into it when um, there's a couple Oasis songs that refer to standing in the queue. Yeah. I wasn't familiar. So I was like, what are they talking about? And then I looked it up and found out, you know, so this one got by me at a later age, but yes, it is silent. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Howard uh, says SpongeBob's parents are old sponges. SpongeBob himself is a modern day sponge. That's why he is square. Well, see, his parents would be the older, unhip ones. Shouldn't they be square? <laughs> <laughs> see where I'm going with this? <laughs> you I know, you. I got you. <laughs> like the Flintstones episode. No, he's. <laughs> yeah. For those of you listening out there, I'm making the square, air square, <laughs> the Asqua. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, this is a question. Do you think sand is called sand because it's in between the sea and the land? <laughs> you have given me more to mentally chew on in the last 32 minutes. <laughs> Wow. Now, be, I'm right? gonna, it, it would be. I'm going to go, that's not official, but daggone, it's brilliant. It is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brady, here, here's your juice box thing. Okay. Okay, as, as we all know, Brady is fond of drinking the juice boxes when we're on the show here. So I'll I'll put this picture up. There it is. I was today years old when I found out the sides of juice boxes are for kids to hold it so they don't squeeze out the juice. Um, I did not know that. Now, when the camera comes back on me, Okay, here, it comes. here we go. Are you ready? Okay, yeah. so I've got these. Um, I always thought that these things were so if you lost your straw, you could cut that and pour it into something, or you could, you know, drink right out of the box. So it just right. gave you a tab to get rid of. But but one on each side. Well. Maybe you would prefer a left side or a right side. 
<laughs> you have your choice. <laughs> now, I'm trying to think of how this is going to be made useful for my... I can hold it right here. Oh, I got it here. See, I can hold it like this while talking into the microphone. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. We're going to call them podcast flaps. <laughs> Brady is a juice box hero with straws in his eyes. Brilliant, Howard. Brilliant. And if you're a new listener, it's not just about the novelty of the juice box. Um, it used to be called fruit punch, but now it's flashing fruit punch. Flashing. Why is it flashing? Well, it's showing it its fruits or seeds, I guess. Um, but um, but anyway, it, it's the delicious juice inside of it. And it doesn't quite taste as good when it comes out of the fountain. or It, it doesn't have this taste. So I'm just very partial to what comes out of this. Problem is, it's the equivalent of a shot glass. That could be true. That's why I usually have a pack of three or four for these shows. All right, Brady, do you know why an eggplant is called an eggplant? I'm going to reference my education of Tex Avery cartoons during the Tom and Jerry thing, where on one of those episodes, somebody takes an eggplant and cracks it and makes it like a sunny side up. <laughs> I'd never, I don't think either one of my parents liked eggplant or wasn't fond of it. Because I'd really never seen what was inside of an eggplant until I was much older. So when I was young enough to be gullible, I just thought that's what came out of it. Something that looked like a yolk. No, that is not it. So why, pray tell, is it called an eggplant? This is why. When <laughs> eggplants are not fully grown, they look like eggs. Like actual eggs. A shower thought just hit me. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that it's called an eggplant? They're white like an egg, but like an egg, it's an undeveloped organism. It mm. is a shower thought. Yes. Say it, Eric, you're impressed. Slightly. All right, so why is the first episode of a TV show called a pilot? I'm guessing because it's in the front, and if it's crappy, it's crashing. I was today years old when I found out the first episode of a show is called a pilot because it's the first time they're on the air. Huh. See, I don't know, because pilot is not indicative of one's experience. It doesn't matter if it's the first time they're flying or the 50th year they're flying. They're always going to be a pilot. That is true. So I say shenanigans on you post the uh, tweet person, <laughs> but it is a nice thought. It is. There's some sense in that. All right. While Eric's looking, John, Mr. John Barney said, Europeans back in the 1700s, eggplant was named because they were white and yellow in color. Yeah. So when did the eggplant go prince? 
Don't know. Is that a is that an American thing? I don't know. All right. Daily reminder, and I'll put this picture up. That turtles are not inside their shells, that they are their shells. Um, um, do, you, do you call shenanigans on this one? Well, a little bit. I get what they're saying. Um, and I know that, you know, once again, we're going to go back to our cartoon knowledge that the, that the turtle or the tortoise can't open up a hatch in its carapace and step out and be wearing boxers. <laughs> right. But um, I will. I did know that their spine is actually their shell, that 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 is part of their skeletal system. Yeah. But. I will say that yes, they do hide because their head pokes in there. It's hiding. Yes. And it is inside that shell. So I agree with the person's sentiment, but I think he was being a little bit too cheeky with this. Could be. All right. So John says uh, eggplants went prince during a purple rain. <laughs> <laughs> John, you're on fire tonight. <laughs> Don't get us started on the raspberries. <laughs> All right. I, I, I have not used this app ever. I, I don't know if you have Brady. I, I guess you can offer that information if you like. I was today years old when I realized the Tinder logo is a flame because you get matches. Huh. I just thought it was talking referencing like I mean I know what Tinder is and no I'm I'm not on Tinder, but um I always thought it was like hot you know like looking for that hot person, but well, I guess Tinder. it is also a hot match. Well yeah right Tinder yeah. is the wood you use to start a fire. You create matches, therefore a flame. I know you can't do it without a spark. <laughs> <laughs> Can't start a fire. Ironically, here's another shower thought. Just a little bit. No, just an observation. So if you went back to that one, you showed that advertisement that Eric showed us with the tender flame. It was Ross from Friends. And Courtney Cox in the show is his brother who got famous from dancing on the Bruce Springsteen Dancing in the Dark video. Yes. Admitted you're impressed. <laughs> Yes. All right. I'm I'm referring to Eric, not the audience. <laughs> some some of these I I got I got these from two different sources, and some of them are are repeats. Repeats. <laughs> this this one is for you, Brady. Oh no. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was today years old when I found out that Chuck E. Cheese's full name is Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you're laughing, Eric? Which Chuck E. Cheese gag do you think I'm going to make? <laughs> I don't even know. See, the Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> 
The Chucky, I'd say this is the straight face. The Chucky e. Cheese in France is Charles de Fromage. <laughs> and I always thought it might as probably like Charles Edward Cheese. Charles de Fromage. You snorted. I did snort. <laughs> oh, this is fun. Oh, we hope you think so, too. Yes. Try the veal, John says. <laughs> and dating used to be called sparking. sparking. Did it, Miss Wilson? I've never heard that term. That's... I did not know that. No. Well, Brady, you're right. you're a you're a dog lover. Yeah, I was today years old when I found out fluffy French bulldogs exist. You ever seen a fluffy French bulldog? No, I have not. They've always been a very smoothen coat dog. Must be a mutt. I don't know, but I, it's a pretty cool little guy. It is. Which I'm apologizing for the racket if anybody's picking up on microphone. Um, the new puppy in the house, Bruno. Um, something must be upsetting him. I hear his uh, puppy yaps in the background. So you probably do too. All right. Lion King fans coming to America fans. <laughs> How old were you when you found out the voices for Mustafa and Sarabi were also played by the king and queen of Zamunda in Coming to America? I knew the king, but not the queen. Yeah. Madge Sinclair. <laughs> That's a name that doesn't get used enough anymore. No, it isn't. Of Trapper John M.D. fame. Madge. Madge Sinclair. Madge. I, I see. I think of the the lady from the commercials of the seventies that was always trying to stick your hand in dish soap, and I never understood why she did. That doesn't make any sense. Here I mean, is a thought. I think Madge, who wasted perfectly good dish soap, is secretly dating the Irish Spring guy who felt the need to mutilate a good bar of soap. Just to show you it has stripes in it. Like, I care, and that matters. Could be. But, I mean, do you go into a random, I don't know, what was Madge? Was she, was she a beautician? Is that what she was? I just always knew she kind of wore a blue coat. I, I think she was a beautician. So do you go to some random beautician's <laughs> salon and just stick your hand in the in the dishwashing liquid that happens to be there in a glass bowl? I mean, what's up with that? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to save the probably 30 or 40 bucks it is for a manicure. And I'm just going to stay at home and stick my hand in a thing of palm olive or Dawn or whatever it was. You're soaking in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the tagline from, wasn't it? N name me one time you've ever seen anyone soaking in dishwashing liquid outside of that commercial. It doesn't happen. It didn't No, happen. it does not. <laughs> Okay, uh, Howard, Howard says uh, she was a manicurist. Well, okay, that makes sense. Okay, Howard, so I, I've never had a manicure. I mean, do you soak your nails in dishwashing liquid before you get the manicure? 
I mean, is there is there a, a reason for that? Because I've never seen it outside the commercial. I. And Howard also said he thought everyone knew the king and queen thing. Yeah. Nope. All right, here's another one. Today, days old, when you found out the hole in the pasta spoon equals one serving size. Okay, so, so that I did know. Yeah, I, I, I'd heard that one before. So the, the amount of spaghetti you can put through the hole in the pasta spoon equals one serving. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So Palmolive was supposed to keep your hands soft. She was a manicurist. Uh, Allison says to soften the cuticle. So does that really happen? Like <laughs> you go in and you stick your hand in the in the dishwashing liquid? We might be giving Madge some shade that she doesn't deserve. Well, could be. Could be, Madge. Probably should be a, a, a good practitioner of manicurism. <laughs> oh, it does work. <laughs> it, it, it does, according to Allison. So, again, I've never had a manicure. I don't know, but my wife gets them. I don't ask her the the ins and outs of the manicure. So, yeah. It's easier to trim your nails after a bath or shower. Huh. Seeing I don't take bath or showers, I, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I I am teasing out there, folks. Just oh man, that was a heck of a ruin, Eric. It is. All right, so I, I again, I don't know about this one. So we're all familiar with the phrase "hard as hell," right? Yes. Okay. And most of you probably use it at one point in time or another. Well, get ready to have your mind blown. Apparently, the expression doesn't actually say hard as hell, but hard as hail. It makes sense in a way because hail is hard. They're from Pikeville, Kentucky. <laughs> kind of sounds that way. <laughs> hard as hail. <laughs> um, <laughs> kiss my grits. Um, no, uh, the, I, I did not know that. I kind of question the truthfulness of that. I do too. I think someone's reaching. Just, yeah, they're, they're, they're reaching because I think it's people's um, pondering the difficulty of spending their life in agony. So, but I don't know. I don't know. All right. So again, I had never thought about this one. I was today years old when I learned Lion King is the plot of Hamlet. Um, I let's see. Is it Sons of Anarchy was based on Macbeth, wasn't it? it? It was. Yeah, but I'd really never thought about the Hamlet Lion King combo. Again, I think it fits. It does. All right. Yeah, car hacks. Now, I don't know if this is true in every car. News to me, the seat adjustment levers are shaped like a seat. I think that's just coincidental. Now, it, it, it makes sense because it is shaped like a seat, and it's, but, but it's really not accurate. I guess it is. Well, if you're moving, the top moves the back, the front moves Yeah, 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 yeah. The front. Well. Right. I guess I'll have to go look out in my car. Yeah. 
All right. I don't know if everyone's mind was blown by all that, but uh, there you go. Maybe you were today years old when you learned. Howard says there's nothing new under the sun. I, I think you learned some new things here today, Howard. I think I think you said that. All right. Our website, www.playbyyourpodcast.com. You can order a shirt if you so desire. And let me share the screen here and I can show you said shirt. Buy a shirt. Yes. They are soft and it has the velvet touch that a t-shirt should. Your life will change after you buy this shirt. Your life will change for air. Okay, so if you go to the website, and did I, did I put the website up? Here it it's is. It's Lumen. Yeah. All right, so you see the store link there in the uh, middle of the menu. You can hit the store link, and you can scroll down all the way to the bottom of the page. And you will see a picture of our shirt. And you can click on that picture of the shirt. And it will take you to buymeacoffee.com where you can buy said shirt right here. Again, by clicking on the picture of the shirt. So if you'd like to have a Play It By Your Podcast shirt, that's where you get it. Once again, go to our website, go to the store, and uh, click on the links from there. Buy one, please. All right, Brady. Okay. So I decided to change my topic um, at the last moment because I, I, I didn't just know what yeah. your topic was to begin with. So that is true because we are truly plague it by ear. Won't be a change to me. Especially since I was having some technical difficulties right up to the uh, episode. So we are playing it by ear more than normal. And um, I do have to credit Eric for sending this to me earlier in the week. And we are just going to break into some nostalgia and some TV. And we're going to talk about the classic TV car tournament. Nice. So these are classic cars from TV shows. And these are shows that are, where the car was a big, big part of the show. So it is very, very, you know, um, important. So, anyway, so are you ready? Now, before I even start, I'm going to register a little bit of displeasure because the Miami Vice Ferrari is not on this list. I think you could have replaced it with some other things on this list that may be some of the older references there, but... Uh, yeah. So but, you, can, you, know, you can do that on the fly. I could do that on the fly. Okay, so um, this one is seated. It is seated. So um, this is a very strong number one. Oh, by the way, let's see. There are twenty four. So there's so there's twelve matchups. So in the spirit of Todd Griffin, we might have to continue this one next week. But it's going to give you a lot to chew on. Yes. So, and I like the way this is seated primarily because this is a very true number one versus number 16. Did I say 24? Sorry. 
16. That that's why I do not teach math. So number one, number 16 is the car from my mother, the car, which is continuously lampooned for being one of the worst TV concepts ever. And one of the worst shows ever. Okay. So not that it has anything to do with the car itself, but the, the gist of the show was <laughs> my mother's a car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, this guy's mom was resurrected in a car which was a 1920 something, something or another, but uh, anyway. So, and then the number one CD strong. Number one is the Batmobile. Yes. And we are going to say TV. So it's going to be the Adam West, um, Burt Ward Batmobile. Yes. I know what Howard's vote is. (laughs) Yeah. Howard is our, is our Batman fan. Okay. Batman super fan. So um, I think I am pretty confident in saying that Batman is going to be a runaway victor on this one. Well, let's just put it out there. Anyone in the audience vote for my mother, the car over the Batmobile? I would guess, as Brady said, probably a no. Okay. So the next matchup is a number five versus number 12. And Eric, you might have to help me out here because I I'm blanking out on this one. We are talking of uh, the car from the Flintstones, right? You know where your feet does the braking and the acceleration, but yeah. Columbo, the car from Columba, and I don't recall what the car from Columba was. It was a Peugeot. A Peugeot. Yeah, a 1959 Peugeot convertible model 403. Huh. I'll uh, put a picture of it up here. Yeah, I, I might have to see this. Sorry for our audio listeners, but I'm just not recalling that as be- that being a standout car. You know, in my in the in the pantheon of TV cars, the Miami Vice Ferrari should have been there. Anyway, all right, there it is. Yeah, that's not even ringing. You know. I can say that I was a huge Columbo fan or watched a lot of it, but I do not remember that car as being, you know, something remarkable. You should watch it. I think you'd enjoy it. I I didn't, I think I, not that I was too young for it, but it, I think we were too young for its heyday, but I mean, you'd see Columbo specials or movies come up every once in a while, but uh, it's an interesting character. I think you'd enjoy it if you, I'll have to give it a, I'll have to give it a watch. I'll have to get on Pluto and see yeah. if it's on there. Okay. On to the next matchup. Okay. Hold on. Oh, you, you said Columbo versus who? I didn't hear the other. The Flintstones car. Oh, oh yeah. You, you know, you pick it up, you run and break with your feet. Right. Right. So Miss Wilson actually voted for Columbo's car. His car was like his overcoat. I knew he always wore a trench coat. It was slightly disheveled looking, but yes. Um, I don't know, man. I make Flintston car references a lot. Where I even made one on the podcast a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about my 1976 Pinto and how like the floorboard was rusting out, and I said it was going to be like a Flintstones car, and I had to pick it up and you know, run a break. Um, I would vote Flintstones. Yeah. Do you ever think about if the Pika Patel is out there watching my foot doctor? Um, I can only imagine 
what kind of services, astronomical fees that the Flintstones podiatrist would charge. Because it's like or, be like a break replacement, you know. <laughs> or, or imagine the callus on their feet. Whew. All right. Anybody else have a vote? Miss Wilson voted Colombo, and me and Brady voted Flintstones. We voted Flintstones, definitely. All right. So um, I, I think it's leading Flintstones. Yeah. But in case there's a last second upset, we could always change it. All right, we're going to go to and this is like eight, nine matchups. This could go either way, and it's probably one of the most entertaining games. The Mystery Machine from Scooby-Doo and the Monsters Car, Ooh. which was kind of a weird-looking hearse, kind of hearse mobile. Yeah. So the Mystery Machine versus the Monsters Car. Huh. I think I'm more. Uh, I think I would go to the mystery machine. I know I would. Yeah. I mean, the monster's car is cool. It is. The man, it's kind of goth and driving right around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, as cool as it would be, I might feel just a touch silly. But if the mystery machine wasn't available to me, Jinkies, I'm in. I can still feel cool. I can still feel good driving the mystery machine down the road. In fact, I did. I saw one a few weeks ago. Somebody had it, their van painted up like the mystery machine, and I was very jealous. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put the Munster's car up here. It is a very cool car. It is. It's like it's a, a, it's a like, very cool. It's like a like a hearse sort of. Yeah, a, a two-step hearse. It has gas lights on the front, you know, like an old lamppost. And it's got a rumble seat and like a purple velour, which which kind of looks like the inside of a coffin. Yeah. Uh, Miss Wilson votes the monsters. All right, well. And again, I guess it's two to one. <laughs> no one else is voting, but. We're not uh, picking on you, Miss Wilson. No, not at all. Continue. Um, Okay, so from that side, we've got one more. The number 13 seed, the car from The Saint. My brother-in-law really likes that car. Um, or the car from number four, <laughs> the Rockford Files. Uh, Rockford Files. <laughs> I love the Rockford Files. In the car, too. Being a Utah, I always thought that was a cool car. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, I apologize. I I think I was getting the Rockford Files and the Starsky and Hutch mobile flip-flop. Okay, the red one with the white. Yeah. I got a little bit too excited on that one. All right. So those of you who don't know what the Saint car looks like. Now, this is oh. the one from the movie. Well, no, not the movie. I mean the 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 sixties TV, TV show. show. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And it, it is this solid car right there. Yeah, nice convertible. However, I think I got to go with the Firebird. Got to go Firebird. with Firebird. Okay. Rockford. Hey, yeah. Are, are 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 you confused? Do you remember the Rockford Files uh, car? Yeah. Yeah. What what color was it? 
It was gold, wasn't gold. it? Yeah. Um, that it, it is a cool car, but it's very seventies. It's very boxy. Man, that is a that that is a svelte automobile. Nah, that is a little bit more svelte. Uh, even though I like the show from the Rockford Fire, I like the show. How why can't I say Rockford Files? Um, I like the show Rockford Files better, but I like the car from the Saint better. Okay, so again, we talk about these tournaments. What what is the deciding factor t- as to where a car? or whatever wins is it the 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 importance of the car in um in society or to the show or what i mean because we like it personal preference of what we like and what we don't like by the car itself because you you yourself said when we started this whole thing the importance of the car to the show that's what you said Right. And, um, you know, I don't want to give out the right examples because they very might well be an attorney. But um, I kind of think what what I think of making the list where the car becomes a plot point, it's very ingrained into the show, like the mystery machine. Well, Rockford's car certainly was ingrained into the show. Yeah. I say Rockford. Rockford. Um, you know what I always liked about, I think the Rockford Files did this, and I've always wanted one. I want one of those little hand-held police lights that you're just driving your normal car and you slap one of those on top. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was so cool. I thought it was wizardry, because like, how's it working? Which, really, it doesn't explain it. Does it just automatically engage when you slap it on the car? Because you never no. see them stop, slow down a little bit, turn it on, and then put it up. No, you you plug it into the cigarette lighter. Really? That'd be my guess. I mean, not that I... I mean, that, that's a lot of rustling around. You got to oh, find no, that cord. I mean, and you know, in the no, 70s, it was one of those wound tight ones like the telephone. <laughs> got to stretch it out, not, then plug it in. Not necessarily. <laughs> clothesline yourself on the thing when you're yeah, trying to put it up. You never see anything attached to it. It's freestanding. Oh, what I want to know is who hits the power switch because the 70s and safety distracted driving wasn't around. You know somebody was going down the highway at 100 miles an hour trying to flip that little switch before they put it up there. Uh, Miss Wilson brings up a good point. Then my mother, the car, would have won if we're talking about importance to the show. Because my wow. mother, the car, was the show. <laughs> it was the show. Without it the just, car, you have no show. It would just be title. called Some Dude. <laughs> <laughs> my mother. Um. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Right, so, so, so now I have to find a picture. Miss Wilson... Um, went with um Rockford, and Eric, you went with Rockford. I went with Rockford. So I might be outvoted on this one. But um, as Eric is waiting to pull up the picture, it is time to go through these one more time. Just a review before we hit the other side. Batman defeats my mother. The car, Scooby Doo defeats the monsters. 
the Rockford Files defeat the car from the Saint, and the Flintstones defeat Columba. So, from that side of the bracket, that is who is advancing. Batman, Rockford, the Mystery Machine, and the um, Flintstones. Flintstones, Rockford, Scooby, Batman. Now to the other side. I'm going to hold this picture right here before I show it, because I think this car is probably going to be in the tournament. So go ahead. Okay. So um, at the top of the other side, the Brackford, the Brackford, the bracket. <laughs> Why is Rockford giving me trouble tonight? <laughs> um, so we have the number 15 seat. The, I, I am very disappointed here. Um, I cannot see it's getting blocked out we've got the starsky and hutch mobile at number two and eric my tourney i get the and i get the first three letters and i don't know what it is what's the letters h-o-r the hmm. i don't know We'll have to come back to that one. I'm, I had to find a better picture. Well, so. let me let me let me show this picture here because we were talking about the the police light. Okay, the bubble gum machines. Uh, they do, do they call those bubble gum machines? Is that what it's called? Well, I, I mean, I know that the other ones that like the the big old police lights were big red. They they always called those the gum bubble gum or the gumball machines. So, all right. Um, we're waiting for that to pull up. I'm going to go with the number seven versus number ten, and we have. And this might be one of the bigger smackdowns. The Hornet. Thank you, Miss Wilson. That that that's it would be the green. Or no, it wouldn't be the Green Hornet. I bet it is. It is the Green Hornet. The Green Hornet's car. All right, so here here's my picture before you go on. Yes. Oh, look at that. You 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 see and the, the wire. cars nice too. Do you, do you see the wire? Yes. Right here. Yeah, but that doesn't explain how they turn it on. Does it turn on from the dash then? No, it plugs into the cigarette lighter. So as soon as it hits. So you no, just plug it? No, you 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 flop it on top of the car, and then you plug it in. That's or you plug a lot of work in, when you're driving fast. Then you, then you flop it. You got a, you got a cop buddy in there with you to do it. He can plug it in. You can flop it on top of the roof. There you go. So which begs the question: Why didn't they just put it on the side of the passenger? He could get it out of the glove box and put it on very easily. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there's some regulation. It had to be on the driver's uh, I side. I a plot hole here. Um, so anyway, um, I'm well, going well, to but, guess. Well, but, well, but think about though. It it should be on the driver's side because if you're driving down the road and someone looks in their rear view mirror or their side mirror, they're going to see it on the driver's side. They're not going to see it on the passenger side. Right? That's true. That's true. So, okay. I, I, I digress. Thank you. That just yeah. got me a little bit chafed just thinking about it. <laughs> Um, so, um, I'm going to guess that the Green Hornet 
um, is not going to overtake the Starsky and Hutch mobile because oh. the Starsky and Hutch mobile is one of the more iconic cars. Yeah. It's red with a white stripe down the side, like a swooshy. Because actually, Eric, when you were showing me the wire on the bubblegum machine, that was the Starsky and Hutch mobile. It was. I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to put the. Do you know what the Green Hornet's car looks like? Uh, it is. Isn't it a Rolls Royce? Oh. Solid. That's pretty solid. Dang. Not good some, for people with road rage. Nah, I got some missiles there on the in the bumper. You got some, and some Gatlin guns. Yeah. And look at that grill, man. That that that's like a steel plate. That's like a that's a pretty impressive vehicle. This might be a little bit difficult. Mm -hmm. I think we got an upset. I do like that green Hornet mobile. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't... Man, Starsky and Hutch's car, though, that's, it was iconic. It was. And daggone it, Bruce Lee was driving the green Hornet's car. Yeah. His first American TV role. Man. Oh, you know what, though? I'm changing my mind. I'm sorry. I'm still going with my gut. That Starsky and Hutch car is awesome. Yeah. Agreed. I, I mean, it's it's iconic, as I said. I'd, uh, while the Green Hornet's car is cool, I think Starsky and Hutch's is more iconic. Of course, Miss Wilson you, votes for the Green Hornet. You're going to get a lot less trouble from the Federales if... Um, you're driving the Starsky and Hutch mobile, even if you've got the light going and going down the highway with dual mounted cannons and missiles. <laughs> Just saying. All right. We got to go through a seven versus 10. At number 10 is the monkeys in their van. Yeah. I believe it was white. So the monkeys versus and. I'm going to argue, in my opinion, the number one, sort of. Magnum P.I.'s red Ferrari. Come on. Mm. That, that, that is one of my top three of all time. Yeah, I mean, speaking of iconic. Yeah. I mean, the Monkees could have very well gone on as a, as a show without that van. But, no Ferrari, no Magnum. Well, Magnum would have been a very different character without his Ferrari anyway. And it goes back to what we talked about a few episodes ago, um, that those flip lights just impressed the heck out of me when I was a kid. Yeah. They don't make them like that anymore. Now, that monkey's van is cool, and it's not. It is. It is. But if I'm wanting to impress the ladies... If I pull up in the monkey van, they're going to run and call the police. If I pull up in Magnum's Ferrari. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Magnum. Yeah. Even Miss Wilson votes Magnum. Okay. So a strong win by Magnum. Okay. Number three versus number 14. And this is a tough one if you look historically, but it's really not tough. We have number 14, the animated car from Speed Racer. Go Speed Racer. Go Speed Racer. Go Speed Racer. Go. Here he comes. Here comes Speed Racer. Anyway, sorry. Um, and then 
the number three seed, the Knight Rider car kit. Mm. <laughs> I don't even know how it's a three seed. And again, yeah. if you're talking about importance to the show, they're both important. I mean, obviously, Speed Racer, you know, that's highly, uh, highly, the, the car is a high necessity in that show. It is. As it is in Knight Rider. Or he would just be Knight. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah. Okay. Not Knight Rider. I think Knight Rider, it's not even, and it could be argued that the Magnum PI Ferrari and the Knight Rider car is about as optimal as you get. You talk about yep. TV cars. Yep. Uh, Miss Wilson says kit. There will be a, a segment of the audience that I believe has been waiting for this next matchup. And I had the feeling this one's going to bring its A game. The lower seed, number 11, the jalopy from the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. So if I don't even think you need to pull a picture of it. It's just like an old broken down car that has like a lot of junk and everything. Hold just think if if you are a local and you attended the Sardinia Founders Day for the July parade, <laughs> what the hillbillies drove through town, um, the, the, the traveling hillbillies that do parades, it's their car versus and this might have been the most misseated in the tourney, the General Lee from Dukes of Hazard. Oh. At a six that, seed. That that's that's sacrilege. <laughs> sacrilege. Blasphemy. No, no, no question. Generally. The the, the generally and um I, I'm gonna get a lot of hate on this, okay? And it was a cool and iconic car. But I think, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, that's the, we're, we're laughing at the Beverly Hillbillies um, car. But um, the generally in all of its awesomeness did not ever look a comfortable car. Well, you can open the door. As a kid, the idea of, of flinging in through the window was amazing to me. And I challenge any boy that is from about age 40 to about age 53. Yes, you went through the window of your car trying to portray a character from the Dukes of Hazard. Indeed. So the General Lee wins this one hands down. The, the funny, uh, funny one was when Uncle Jesse tried to go in and out of the window. Yes. Uh, Miss Wilson also votes General Lee. So it's clean sweep. Generally, generally. Yep. Okay. So, generally, um, generally oh. speaking, <laughs> I will grant you that one. Uh, yes. Uh, Miss Wilson, the hillbilly's vehicle was in technically a truck. So, it was. It was. So, next week, we can finish this up. Um, because I think the, um, the the next round of matchups is going to spark a lot of debate. So, so all of our listeners out there, tell your friends that are car fans. 
that they want to come back for part two of the classic TV car tourney. Now, can I just throw this out there? Eric, do you agree that you could have replaced the Miami Vice Ferrari with quite a few of these entries? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that that, that was a sacrilege, and I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm a Miami Vice fan, but you could even take your pick between the black Ferrari from the first couple seasons and the white Testarossa in the later seasons. That is some strong car game, and I'm not even a total, total car freak. Yep. All right. So tune in next week. We will finish the uh, car tourney, the greatest TV car of all time. All right. Before we go, once again, we want to talk about our store on our website and our T-shirt. If you go to, the again, the store link, here at the top, and you scroll down to the bottom, click on the picture of the shirt. That will take you to buymeacoffee.com. And once again, you can click on the shirt or the get this sign there, and you can purchase your very own shirt that Miss Wilson says is indeed the softest shirt she owns. Let me put up her quote. Uh, we, sh- we should... Uh, use that quote in our marketing we should we should it's a it is a great shirt i'm just trying to say that to sell you one but it is a lovely soft shirt it is very comfy all right anything else for the good of the order nope that is all and thank you guys for coming tonight good to be back after a week break like i said we had to uh we had to focus on our grown-up jobs yep uh, with that, uh, again, you saw we started actually a little bit after seven today, but uh, due to some technical difficulties, but we are going back to our school year schedule of our show starting at seven o'clock and uh, we are going to go on Wednesday nights. So unless something comes up in the schedule, but Wednesday night, seven o'clock, uh, we'll be back next week with episode 108 of the Play It By Ear podcast. All right. We want to remind you that uh, this audio version of our podcast will come out Friday morning at 3 a.m. Uh, audio can be found at uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and the iHeartRadio app, and most anywhere else that you can find an audio podcast. Our video uh, is on YouTube, our YouTube channel, Play It By Your Podcast. Also uh, on Facebook, they're archived there on the Facebook Live, on our Facebook page, and on Twitch. Twitch, Twitch. <laughs> Search Play by Your Podcast. Follow our Twitch channel as well. Uh, social media uh, links are found on the website. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagrams. Uh, again, you can find all those links on our website, playbyyourpodcast.com. You can interact via email, admin at playbyyourpodcast.com. You can leave a voice message. Click the link at your podcast provider on the audio side. And I know uh, the iHeartRadio app has a talkback app. It looks like a microphone. So if you want to leave a voice message there, we can get that and we can put it right into the show. Anything else, Brady? Nope. All good. Have a wonderful week, guys. Thank you for tuning in. All righty. Take us out. Until next week. See you.
Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2, and our website at anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear podcast. Thanks again, and join us next time as we play it by ear.